Hey Branches, it is Sunday, March the 3rd, and we're gathering for worship today, and it's the chili cook-off today, so I can't wait to see what happens. I'm recording this episode in advance uh, on a story that you'll notice is, is it a sequel? Is it a repeat? Is it an error on Mark's part to retell a story with just a little bit of different detail? And what does it tell us about who Jesus is? I mean, you're going to get tired of me saying that, uh, but that's what Mark is about. It tells us a little bit about who Jesus is, one little piece at a time, and also the echoes of the Old Testament story that pop up into Jesus's life. For many first followers of Jesus, he came across to them as a new Moses, a new Elijah. We've heard that said explicitly in Mark's gospel, as a new version of the people that came and paved the way for all that God was doing in the world. So we're going to read a story about Jesus feeding a large group of people. Sound familiar? We're in Mark chapter 8, the first 13 verses, and it says this. In those days, when there was again a great crowd, without anything to eat, he called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion for the crowd, because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from a great distance. His disciples replied, How can one feed these people with bread here in the desert? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. Then he ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves, and after giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute, and they distributed them to the crowd. They had also a few small fish, and after blessing them, he ordered that these two should be distributed. They ate and were filled, and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. Now there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, asking him for a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in a spirit and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, he went across to the other side. We've heard this story before. Jesus filled, fill, uh, filling and feeding a number of people from probably around 4,000 to 5,000 people with just a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. Just a few notes about this passage today since we already kind of tackled a similar story earlier in Mark's gospel. First, uh, a lot of commentators, I found this really funny this week in reading study Bible notes and commentaries on this particular story. So many of them said like, we know there probably is some significance to the number of bread and the number of fish and the number of baskets left over and the number of people who are fed. There probably is some significance, but uh, we don't know what it is. I think that's pretty interesting that there's kind of some numerical value or worth to this story and nobody can quite agree on what it is. I bring that up to say, not that I've come up with some new understanding of the numerical values in this story, but to say uh, sometimes the Bible is so far away from us in, in temporal and historical and geographical distance, there's no squaring what the author actually meant by these numbers. But there are some some things we can glean from it. First, uh, something we didn't mention in the last feeding story is that it has an echo of Moses and the Israelites in the desert being filled and given just enough to survive. God is abundant, and 
they feast uh, on this bread and this fish, uh, kind of in their own spiritual wilderness. Also, there's kind of this ancient Christian understanding. Uh, This is from Augustine, actually, who says, uh, may we receive the multiplied scraps from Jesus that we're kind of invited to receive, even if it's just like these leftover, we got a few pieces of bread, a few few fish. I mean, what, what can we do with that? For Augustine, it's this great, abundant blessing. There's also, in Augustine, and him talking about this particular passage, uh, he essentially says in so many words, there's still some leftover. Like that when we ask for something from Jesus, we get more than we bargain for. It's more than we could ever ask or imagine, as Paul puts it. There's always still more. I also find it just super fascinating here that Jesus is worried about them fainting on the way home. That's part of the reason he wants to feed them. Again, is this kind of um, an error on Mark's part? Some of the details are kind of the same, but he does say he's going to send them on their way. He's going to send them on the way. And uh, it's same same word here used for the way in terms of following Jesus. He doesn't want his people to faint on the way. There's a lot of kind of curious, interesting, I don't know, um, impenetrable detail here, but that's something that we can actually point to as valuable and good for us. There's this kind of meeting of the human life uh, with uh, spiritual sustenance, the human need of food and the spiritual fulfillment of it in Jesus Jesus kind of identifies for us um, the frailty of humanity by coming to be with us as a human, but also he it says he has compassion. Jesus sees the kind of plight of these people, even if it's just simple hunger, and he wants to address it. Again, an echo of the Exodus story that God hears the cries of the Israelites in Egypt, and he comes to their rescue. Here, Jesus hears the cry of the hungry crowd, and he comes to their rescue. Then, wrapping up in this portion today, there's just uh, this short little episodes of the Pharisees asking for a sign. Now, I don't know about you, but you get eight chapters in, and they're saying, hey, will you give us a sign? I look back retrospectively on the first eight chapters, and I'm like, is there not enough here? Do you not see enough in Jesus' teaching or miracles and healings to see that as a sign? Was it just common? Was Jesus just one healer and teacher miraculous like this among others? Or are they saying something else? I kind of venture to guess that they're saying something else. They're not asking for any old sign. They're asking for a sign that will satisfy them. That adds some color to Jesus' answer. He says, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. He's like, I can't satisfy you. I can't give you a sign that's going to sway you. I'm not going to give you a sign that's going to appease all your anger and frustration at me. You won't get a sign from me that's going to satisfy you. You're not going to manipulate me into giving you a sign that's going to bring you over to my side. Again, looking back at a couple of readings ago, this is about the heart. The sign isn't going to make the difference for you. It's your heart that's going to make the difference. And so immediately, again, Jesus goes over to the other side. I'm preaching on this text on Sunday, on the feeding of the 4,000 here, and where I'm leaning, just so you know, if you're, you get a little tease before the sermon to, uh, today, if you're listening on Sunday, is that they're never just with Jesus. Here's what I mean by that. 
There's never just a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. There's never just a little bit of teaching. There's never just a parable. There's never just a sign. There's always so much more. And it tells us something about how Jesus sees us, I think. Let's stretch it a little bit. You're never just a teacher. You're never just a mom. You're never uh, just your job or just your occupation or just the worst thing you've ever done. You're never just anything. In Jesus, so much more can be made out of, out of who we are. God is a, a repurposing God. God is a multiplying God. God is a God of abundance. Don't sell yourself short. You're not just anything. You're a child. You're beloved. You're worth seeing. You're worth being fed. You're worth compassion and beauty and love and truth. You're not just anything. And in Jesus, there is so much more. Thanks for listening today.